Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, where filmmakers become entrepreneurs. With my dad, he's a dork. Hi, and welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast. I'm your host, Scott McMahon, and this is the podcast where we try to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs. Today, my guest is Chris Johnson of SimpliFilm.com. And I first learned about Chris when I joined Fizzle.co. And Fizzle is a online resource, uh, educational tool, and community built to help people just like you and I build online businesses. And in one of the training series, uh, founder Chase Reeves interviews Chris Johnson about sales. And it's one of Chase's most favorite uh, interviews. Um, the fact that Chase lives up here in Portland, as I do, um, as well as uh, Chris Johnson over in Troutdale. So I had been impressed by this interview with Chris Johnson because he just cuts for the BS and gets to what's important about making sales in order to grow your business. So when the World Domination Summit came through in Portland in July, I had an opportunity to meet all these different online entrepreneurs, and one of them happened to be Chris Johnson, and who I remembered uh, from all the... Um, accolades that Chase Reeves of Fizzle.co had given him. So it was really cool to just have, you know, an opportunity to meet him at different parties throughout the uh, three, four day event. So when I met Chris in person, I knew that I wanted to get him onto the podcast because I valued his perspective because it was very just cut and dry. Like artists, independent filmmakers, this is what you need to do to be successful in business. And here you go. Anyway, this interview contains a lot of helpful tips, real world tips that filmmakers could apply moving forward in terms of their uh, career trajectory. And even if you don't want to become an entrepreneur, if you're just a filmmaker that wants to be uh, very specialized in their their technician skill set, um, this is some great information so that you can kind of get a better perspective of where you can go and how to be successful um, for your future. So without further ado, here's my interview with Chris Johnson of Simplifilm on the Film Trooper podcast. Yeah, so we make high-end demo videos, book trailers, and sales videos for uh, folks that are like best-selling authors, entrepreneurs, um, product you know companies, some some Fortune 500 folks, some startups, and and our goal is to simplify complex ideas so people can make a decision on purchasing the um, the product or buying the book or you know joining the program or j- opting into the mail list, and, and and we're kind of a conversion-focused firm that uh, has done you know pretty well. I guess we've had a couple hundred projects and. And uh, you know, a couple hundred clients and four hundred projects, something like that, over the three years that we've um, been doing this stuff. And uh, we are growing. We, we've got a, a product with five thousand users called Flotility, which helps uh, people make their own videos. We have a um, that that's two years old now, and that's got some users. And then we've got uh, Imprint Book Trailers, which is coming out in a couple weeks. And then we're rebranding our whole company as Simpla Media. Uh, probably as soon as as early as next week. Oh wow! So I mean, I, I love hearing this because it's like a much mm-hmm. bigger picture of supporting and developing this brand. How did it How did it all come about? Like three years ago, how did you start? Were you a Were you a video producer, a filmmaker, or anything <laughs> like that, or or just strictly coming from a sales business perspective, seeing that this was a need, you know, like a need that needed to be uh, fixed or filled? Well, a need is a strong word for it. You know, I, I'm not a, uh, I don't do the day-to-day stuff. I, I have some creative input. I, you know, I'm a copywriter at heart, and, you know, my, my deep background is in the mortgage industry. Obviously, I left that before the, um, the, the, the thing tanked in 2008, and I was doing WordPress sites for a while, and one of the, 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 the 
people innovating in the WordPress space um, back a couple of years ago was Headway Themes. And Headway was the drop and drag visual editor for WordPress, kind of the pre precursor to what Squarespace is doing and some other stuff. And, and so, and they had a really crappy video. And I said at Blog World Expo, hey, buddy, you've got a really terrible video. It, it's probably unselling products. And he's like, yeah, we know, man. We, this, this sucks. And um, so I had this, this guy that had worked for, with as a designer named Jason and he said you know if I and we we actually went to high school together and he said you know if I had my way I'd be um I'd be living in After Effects all day long it would be so sweet and um you know After Effects is the primary tool for building uh motion graphics type work and and I'm like oh really do you think you could do a video for these guys oh yeah that'd be cool and so I sold the deal for a couple thousand dollars and Jason um rolled up his sleeves and made these robot arms and this kind of retro future look about how you can build a, a website edit, you know, a, a, your own website in just a few minutes without any code, which was pretty remarkable for four years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and that went live and the next day their conversions, their conversion rate doubled, which also doubled their sales, which changed their lives, which made them a, a player and they're still running on that momentum years later, even though they've, you know, evolved past, you know, they've, they've gone to more of a MailChimp style um, look where it shows the video, visual editor in place. This was, you know, it, it catapulted them into the top tier of WordPress themes and it's, that's a demanding and competitive marketplace. Amazing. So, uh, so that, like how long uh, did it take that you got feedback that they actually doubled sales or things were just going much better since the video was launched? And then uh, at what point did you make that decision like, hey, let's take this to another client and another client? And then like when did the idea of Simplifilm to say, okay, let's say, so put our stake your ground? I was running a company called Flat Rate Websites, and we were doing websites for 800 bucks on the WordPress theme on some simple, you know, we'll make you a header, we'll deploy it, and we'll upload your content for 800 bucks. And I was pretty busy. I wasn't a very profitable company. And, and as soon as this website went live, we heard from all of these people that I had loved and, and dreamt about, like, like Gravity Forms and Wishlist Member and Copyblogger. And these are like, this is like the A-list of, yeah. of WordPress people. They, they, they were on our waiting list. You know, we didn't have, you know, these things take 100 hours or more to make. Um, and so we're charging three or $4,000 for them, and we think life is good. I mean, and, and we're killing ourselves, making, you know, not enough money. Our prices were too low for too long. That was the biggest mistake. There's, there's two mistakes I made. One was ignoring my email list, and the other was underpricing our services. Um, and so, you know, we, we had a waiting list that got up to six months for a while because we were underpriced. And, um, you know, the feedback was great. Most of our customers reordered. What I didn't know going into this is that software comes out with updates every year and they need new videos. And so um, there you, that's the, that's yeah. the story. <laughs> I want to go back to, like you said, the, the biggest mistakes here. This is actually interesting. Um, when you say you ignored your, your email list, uh, in what ways? Like, were you not nurturing like, content and keeping them informed? And then at what point did you make a decision like, well, we're totally undervaluing our services in order to make a profitable business so that we can actually su support and su um, supply better value to our customers, which would be the email list? Uh, did you always have an email list in place for what eventually so we always, become? Yeah, sure. And, and we're still underusing our email list. We're, we're only we're hitting it once or twice a month now, which should be every week, and we should be adding more value to it. But yeah, we, we were collecting emails, and we just kind of ignored it. You know, we didn't um, 
We were so busy, and we were so busy because our prices were too low. We would have been much more profitable, much more secure had we, risen, had we raised our prices to the market value. You know, one of the things that we did was we overreacted to feedback. There are certain segments of the market that we would have had to have left behind, and we should have done that earlier. Oh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. like, so it's, it was more beneficial for you guys. Like I said, you were approached by, like, say, like the, the, the A-list of, uh, of yeah. the blogosphere. So, okay, so you're like, okay, let's focus on – Encapsulating uh, that marketplace because, and then you know, raising the, uh, our rates or value because that would enable us to give give them the best uh, type. Right, of, uh, but once service. we had, I mean, once you have three jobs at a high level, you can raise your rates to above that. You know, uh, to, to higher than you feel comfortable. You know, that's the biggest mistake people make, myself included, is keeping like not having the guts to step out and say, you know, you're, you're doing work at a high level. Okay, there's no freaking reason ever that you should uh, underprice your services. Yeah, so that's a hard thing. Like for, you know, my audience here is a lot of people are, you know, technicians right. and, and they have desire to make a creative piece of art through filmmaking. But a yep. lot of them, majority of everybody is making a living doing freelance work, either some form of the business or another, you know, either being a, like I said, After Effects artist, uh, an animator, uh, right. Maya or something like that, or a DP, somebody shoots video or just an editor. So right. in this world of so many freelancers, I mean, like, what is your advice to like those types of people that just like... All right. So there's a few things. It's better to do, it's better to do amazing work that you don't get paid for, but you ship than it is to do work for hire that you get paid a bad rate for. And it stinks at the time, but you know, I mean, we, 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 we had, um, do the best work for the best people you can and move towards the center of our culture. Move towards the people that are doing stuff. We did the book trailers. We're the best in the world. No exceptions. No, nobody questions it. Not even our competitors question that we are better than they are. And, and that, um, that gives us the opportunity to do other things. Find a niche and absolutely dominate it with a wide lead and then people will come. So whether it's political video or, you know, even talking head, you could do that at a level that nobody else is doing it at, right? I mean, you, you don't have to do, do whatever, it is, you know, corporate interviews, whatever your niche is, do that better than anybody. And I'm talking about the, the deliverable, which is the end result, the experience, which is how the client experiences your product, the, um, the uh, uh, intake, how the client interacts with you and becomes your customer. Do those three things better than anybody and you will uh, never want for work. You, you just hustle your brains out for 30 days or so and then away you go. Yeah, so that's amazing because it's just the proof is in the pudding. Like you said, here's the body of work. You can't deny right. it because it's, it's a tangible. It's, it's, you can see it. And I love what you guys have done because you mentioned there was a, a, a lot of people on the internet or online will be able to see all these explainer videos. Like, you know, I think you guys call it like this is Bob video or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, some of these sketches, which were fascinating when they hit the market and then people sort of, uh, it's the say, Comic Sans of 2014, and if you're working for anybody that's making those, this is Bob. Bob has a problem. You know, yeah. oh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather like put a ball-peen hammer into my eyeball than do another one of those. Right. So the amazing thing about you guys have done, your body of work definitely shows it. I mean, uh, especially with like the book trailers because you guys match up whatever the book cover is. So then right. your designers take the same color tone, some aspect of what's in the cover, and it takes you through this uh, visual journey of it. So by the time it hits the end of the, like, you know, this is what this book is, you can buy it here or whatever it is, there's a definite visual connection as opposed to, 
uh, right. a lot of small businesses might have to use sort of like or they feel like they need to use like the this is bob type uh, style plug and play videos um I mean, those are really profitable for the companies that make them. I mean, you can do those for twenty five hundred bucks uh, in labor cost and charge ten thousand for them. So you're making a lot of money on each video. I mean, I, I can see why they're you know sold and, and and why people will justify why they exist. You know, because the explainer video companies are making way more money than we are by by running this kind of mill. And I'm not bitter about it. It, it is it is this, but it, it hurts the. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you're telling a story with the visual medium, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have emotion go from one person, which is the company, to the 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 viewers by having the same video they've seen 30 different times with the same script that they've seen 30 different times. Selling, you know, trying to tell you that this is a um, a new and original opportunity. Yeah, being with uh, you having a copywriting background, um, mm-hmm. what involvement do you have in terms of the actual the craft of the story? Because some of these trailers go for two minutes, two and a half minutes. So right. that's a, a lot. That's a good amount of time to tell a story. So how do you guys approach the storytelling aspect of it? So if, we'll take a book trailer for example, and and that's a t- tricky, tricky part. Um, Here's why. You have to activate an author's existing audience and you have to make them excited without giving away too much. Okay? And, and, and so um, you can't give them too much information because if you do, y- y- people think, oh, yeah, I understand this book. Cool. I'm glad I watched the video. I don't need to buy the book. And that's not what you want when you're doing this stuff. You want to um, – get- Make them unsettled. You know, I have to buy this book because, my gosh, is it really true that we've been lied to by the environmentalists for years? I mean, they've been, you know, our current project is the moral case for fossil fuels, which is an anti Portland kind of, hey, <laughs> fossil fuels are good. But, 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 right, look, right. you know, we've been told the world was ending for 75 years and it's not over yet. And, and in fact, you know, the, there's fewer deaths from climate than ever. That's the, that's the story we got to tell. So we got to figure out a way to get that into people's, um, Consciousness, so they say, "Oh my gosh, this could be true." I gotta buy the book, no matter what side of the argument they're on. Right? Right, right. It's, uh, it kind of reminds me of that uh, documentary film, Cool It, um, mm-hmm. which had the same kind of thing. But anyway, you're right. So you have a dilemma of like, how do you tell this but not give the farm away or not? Right. It's that's fascinating because um, you don't want them to think that they've just accomplished something, you know. And you also want it to be shared, and people share stuff that makes them look smart. I mean, the reason that we share things on Facebook isn't because we give a, sh- a crap. It's because they, uh, they, it makes us look smart. And, um, and I know that iTunes, for the reason I censor myself, I've got a potty mouth, but I didn't want to. You don't to. have to. You can, this is a okay. open, yeah. Okay, gotcha. D- didn't want to have to use the explicit tag. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so that's, uh, that's, that's all. Yeah, you know, you, you want to, um, when you're when you're making these things, you have to connect emotionally, and you have to provoke. And you can't you can't say this is a book about you know Johnny Ive. You have to be you have to make it feel like an Apple ad, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it has to be in alignment with the people that would want right. To, right. So let me ask you: um, you work with a lot. Of, you've you know you work with a lot of talented artists that come in that do um, work for you uh, at uh, Simple Film, but. What are your recommendations? Because you, you, you probably seen both words, worlds. You being the entrepreneur, the business owner, the business operator, mm-hmm. and then versus the um, 
the technician or the, the freelancer that just simply wants to be the artist. That, you know, like I said, your friend, Jason, was like, all I do is if I could just live in After Effects all day long, I'd be happy. So right. how does it, um, I guess, business tips for a lot of those sort of technicians, artists that um, are bouncing from one freelance job to another job, like what ways in terms of a marketing copywriting perspective can any advice can you give to them like as you kind of mentioned before like you know sure, own, have, own some, a, yeah. have some empathy and focus on your clients and not yourself okay you know clients are if you let them every single person will take advantage of you and be bitter and be a jerk okay that's just human nature man I mean you 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 know there are nice people in the world but there are also people that'll, that'll try to get over on you and don't worry about that okay that's not um, you worry about your, the stuff you can control, presenting a credible um, uh, business, you know, having clear terms. Most, of, most client to, to customer miscommunication is because the client um, and the customer didn't, didn't agree beforehand. Um, do great work because you can, when you do great work, you can attract better clients. Have a plan for moving up the value chain. You know, say, okay, I'm doing, I have to do uh, sales videos for low-end internet marketers right now that aren't selling anything good, but in three months I'm going to be working for Apple, or in two years I'm going to be working for Apple. Make a list of the places that you want to go, and then map out the steps to get into that value chain that you want. You know, to get down that that path. When you have a map, then you then it becomes easier to say no to stuff that's behind you. Or if you say yes, you say yeah, but it's going to cost you a lot more money. The other thing is that you got to be good at negotiating because everybody's going to tell you your price is too much. You know, when we were doing videos for $3,000, I heard my price was too high. And, when, <laughs> and, and, when, and now we're doing them for $15,000 or more, and I hear my price is too high. Well, it, it was, if, it wasn't, if it was too high then, it's way too high now. I, I mean, you know, hopefully we'll be doing them for 50000 in a year, and, and we'll be hearing the same thing. Oh, your price is too high. Yeah, it's too high for some people. But, you know, we want to be there when Goldman Sachs wants a video, right? Right, right. And the stuff looks great. And it, it, what's great about the site is, is it is simple. And it works just like you've got the branding or the alignment of what you're trying to sell or what you're communicating to your targeted uh, customer base or clients and audience. And it works when somebody has that experience when they come to the site. And I have not been a client to, so I don't know what the the experience is like actually working on something. But from our discussions back and forth, it's amazing to see how well you are um, attuned to what their needs are and knowing those three processes like you just mentioned. Let me ask you something on just a, a whole side, like a curveball here in terms of mm-hmm. – so since we have a lot of these like technicians or artists – that have this creative need to just make something, like I said, an independent film, um, mm-hmm. and they want to get this independent film out there. They want to sell it. Like, what from like a business person's perspective? How do you see uh, those types of pro- um, products, like a musician's album, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a painter's body of work, uh, a, you know, an author's book, or now a filmmaker's film? From a business perspective, how what kind of advice would you give to those set of people that aren't necessarily serving a client? Right. So, hmm. It's a tough one. I know it's kind of curveball, but... Well, well, what do you mean they're not exactly serving a client? Well, I guess that's the thing. Like, we, I think there's a there's perception. That's a good point. Um, they have to... A lot of artists will just make something because creatively they just need to be expressive. Mm-hmm. And they don't do the due diligence of taking time to figure out like, well, who is this for? 
Right. Like they make it, and then they they use the sort of the push marketing advertising um, method of like, hey, check my stuff out, check my stuff out, you know. So it's as opposed to taking the time to really know who might even be interested in what they made, you know. Well, so yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know how to do that. I, I just can't answer that question. Like, I, like, like I don't. I think I don't. I have a need to create. Okay, but I also have a need to be paid, and my need to be paid is is bigger than my need to just make stuff. And if there's no market for it, it doesn't exist. You know, like David Ogilvy said, if an ad does not sell, it's not creative. You know, anybody can make a doodle and call it art and and say that I'm a starving artist, and that's just that's just immature artist behavior. You know, what they need to do is is figure out a way for them to express their art because there's more art being paid for at being bought at higher prices than at any time in history. It's easier than it's ever been to be an artist. Okay, and right now is the time where you gotta put your shoulder to the wheel and and find a market. But but I can't say, hey, if I make something and there's no market for it, what do I do? I don't know. You you, you starve. You screwed up. <laughs> you, you made a mistake. That's I perfect. Mean, you, you you screw up your families. You you you, you get a divorce. You. Uh, working as a line cook in Denver somewhere, and and you you become bitter, and you, you don't, and and you start like swearing at the voice on TV, or, or what? I mean, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's you know, I love the fact that you know one of the the great uh, qualities to you is like just straight talk. Like every time anybody, <laughs> well, anybody's that you know has met you in terms of. You know, you're just you cut through sort of the bullshit and says this is what really needs to be done. I don't understand, like, because I don't understand that th- type of thinking. Like, you need to, if you know, you need to. Yeah, if you're support. an artist, yeah. if you're if you're a writer, but you've never, you're not writing every day. You're not a writer. You're a delusional liar that that is a waste and a drag on society. You know, you you might have personal issues or whatever. So does every freaking writer. Just write if you're a writer. If you're a filmmaker, make a film and and get it done. And and if it doesn't find a market, figure out why. And then you've learned something. And then if you take the lesson and do it again, maybe the next film will only cost you half your life savings and, and screws up half your relationships. But pretty soon, if you keep making them, you'll, you'll figure out a way to find a market for it. You just don't want to brag about imaginary accomplishments. You know, it, it is hard work. It is just as much work making a bad piece of art for no money than it is to make a great piece of art for a lot of money, right? It's just the same amount of work. But, but if you... Do a little more work on the front end and say, "Hey, where's a market for this? What can I do? You know, how can I tell this story? Who can fund me and sponsor me?" Um, and don't get above it. You know, most artists say that salesmen are dishonest, scummy, terrible people. That's not true. None of us are. I mean, there are some, sure, but what the artist is really saying is that I'm bad at sales, okay, and that I'm so bad I can't imagine being good without lying. And, and all you have to do is build a little bit of sales skills, minimum viable sales ability, and um, and you'll be in good shape. What do you mean by uh, minimal uh, viable sales uh, ability? I mean, that's uh, the first time I've actually heard of that term, but like, so, what do you see it as? So, okay, so an artist does not have to be a superstar salesperson, okay? That does not have to happen. Uh, what an artist has to do is be a an all right salesperson, you know, you know, you know, you have a contract. The contract says what you're doing and what's happening. Or you have a, a, a video and you learn how to make a landing page so people can buy your video, you know, download your video. That's, that's a minimum viable sales ability. And it's not, 
well, you know, I'm going to get to the sales page eventually, but if you just PayPal me some money, uh, it'll work out. You know, that's, that's punting on that sales stuff. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you, so you don't have to be – you're never going to be a better salesperson than me. You're never going to be able to do a cold call. That's fine. But, but if somebody comes to you wanting to buy, you need to have the empathy to be able to, to close that deal and to be able to um, have a frictionless experience that's customer-centric that gives them what they came for. And instead of saying, well, he came to buy, but I didn't have it. I mean if you ever want to see um, some terrible salespeople, go to a farmer's market. Half of those people – like how much is this avocado? I don't know. You know, like it's 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 ridiculous. Or or go to be- that's on the one end of not giving enough information to the customer. Or go to Best Buy or Fries or whatever your electronic store is, and um, and the um, like. Look at something. You'll have three salespeople coming up to you asking you questions as you're reading the packaging, saying, "Is there anything I can help you with?" And then you ask them what the question is, and they're going to not know the answer. So, so that, that's a, interrupting the sales process on the other end. Not having enough information is a bad farmer's market on the first end. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. So, so like, minimum, minimum viable sales ability. If somebody wants to pay me, you know, work out your pricing in advance, okay? So figure out what you're worth and or figure out what you want to charge. Figure out how it benefits the customer, what the customer's perception of the deliverables are. Because what the deliverables are – and what their perception is is two different things. Figure out how the person is going to benefit from experiencing your art. So you've made something about fast food, right? Your your Morgan Spurlock or whatever. You've got to figure out a way to market and package that so people can understand what's going on. And 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 that is all like baked into the art that you're creating. Because again, if you do not sell, you're not creative. If people don't value what you're making, you're not some misunderstood artist. You're a failure. <laughs> So what um, what makes like this is great actually, but uh, real quick, like what do you what <laughs> makes a great like in terms of what gets you jazzed about sales in terms of um, do like, I get jazzed about sales? No, I get jazzed about working. I get jazzed about helping other people. I get jazzed about um, you know changing businesses. I mean, do you think it's really freaking cool that some great guys that make a, a great plugin or or a WordPress thing? get to double their sales because they encountered me, that's freaking amazing, okay? I love it. And, and if you're not jazzed about the results that you're delivering, you know, I, I'm jazzed about that. I'm jazzed about working with entrepreneurs. In a year, uh, within my first 12 months of being in business, I had gotten to work with Brad Feld, Ryan Holiday. Um, I had gotten to work with Google Ventures, Dave McClure uh, from 500 Startups. I'd gotten to work with uh, Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington. I mean, that is amazing, you know, and that's what I got for for hustling. You yeah. know, <laughs> shit. Yeah, right. So let me. Sorry, <laughs> I was on a podcast a couple hours ago, and <laughs> and he did not want to put the explicit tag in. So I've got a fil- I don't filter myself very well, but I've got like the filter turned on still. Oh, don't don't worry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because, like you said, the the experience of getting um, almost getting a high from working with these people. Now you talk about the results, and that's really important because there's something that you guys do with a Simpla film is that not only do you make such you know very poignant, like effective uh, visuals um, uh, videos, but wh- how does it? Where do you guys take the next step or do you work with like another marketing firm or work with theirs or do you have your own built in in terms of so, making that reach? Okay. So here's the deal. We're held accountable for the results of a video and we know that a properly executed 
launch doubles our chances of delivering a good result for the client. So we take that in-house and we know how to sell it, package it, and promote it to other people. Um, you, you know, and, and, uh, and we do it. You know, we do it on a, um, on a regular basis. Makes sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let me ask you. Uh, I got. I've got. I'm going to take advantage of this. I got like five more minutes with you. Sure. So, I'm currently um, writing my first book uh, for uh, just testing this idea out based off this uh, um, podcast uh, episode with uh, Pat Flynn and Jeff Goins, and they're talking about like, listen, mm-hmm. if you're going to write a book, like a, you know, you put it on Amazon Marketplace, right? Like the number one thing you do is like build a book launch group. You know, so like round up like a hundred people, and you're going to give the book away for free in exchange for them leaving a ratings and review on Amazon. So when you hit the, when you release your book on Amazon, it has at least that initial push of right. like all those ratings and reviews, and then you're supposed to take that first week of the, it being released and sell your book for half off, but also come up with some other added value. Maybe it's an audio book that you uh, recording of the book that you you know give to right. the first early adopter buyers, and you push that as a reward for anybody who buys it within the first week. Then the idea is, is to allow the um, um, the Amazon market machine engine or search engine take over at that point. Um, anyway, th- those are sort of the basic three steps. And I'm, I'm using this as an example of not only writing this book to share the overall concepts of Film Trooper, um, but also just to test out the process in hopes to see if we can't do the same thing for a lot of independent filmmakers to take their film. Like if they're going to release a film product, Maybe they should think about going to like either iTunes or Amazon as the first uh, marketplace, or you know that they bring it to. But there's a uh, strategic launch behind it. So anyway, you being around a lot of the book launches, you're talking also about the launch of your video to help promote the book. Um, is there some things I'm missing, or some other things that you would throw in there? Oh boy, um, how to sell a book? I don't know. I'm not an <laughs> author yet. Um, I, I had a book. Five years ago, that I, I wrote and and it did two thousand copies. I'm not it's not horrible, not that's great. Not, that's good. Um, and and it's it's not part of my brand, so I've taken it off the market, and I'm, it's never going to be seen again. Uh, <laughs> the it was just juvenile. I was playing with pages, and I thought of some funny things and made some doodles in Mac when I first got my Mac. Um, Wait, so you made something, see? Did you even know you had a yeah. market? Well, tell me about that. What, the, what, what was the it was lessons a par- It was a parody of the four-hour work week, um, <laughs> kind of, all of the self-help books. And, and it was a – it doesn't matter. It, 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 we'll, we'll move along. Okay. I, I, I will share it with you privately okay. uh, so you can get one of the, 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 the benefits. You know, what I'm going to do if I'm an author is the first thing that I'm going to do – Let's say you're you're going to finish your book in in November of 2014. Okay, I'm going to start my campaign in November of 2013, and what I'm going to do is pay it forward with 15 to 20 hour, 15 to 20 um, authors or or you know that that are just like me that are that are serving a similar market, and I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to give you three hours a week. Um, between now and then, or whatever I got, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote the heck out of your book. I am going to finish my book in a year, and I want you to do the same. I'm gonna pay it forward. That way, you're coming to the party with some something there, and you're you're helping you know other people sell their book. And then you've collected this cadre of people and and their audience, and and in order 
and, and you've done them a favor by sharing your audience with them and you've done it 20 or 30 times and you've become aware of all these books that are happening, all these projects that are happening and you do it by simple networking. You reach out to people and, and with, with, with not necessarily anything, um, any expectation of gain in the future but say, hey, um, Scott, it's Chris Johnson, Simple Film. I want to work with you. Um, I, you know, I really like the work you're doing. I have an audience of 1,500 people that are on my mailing list, and I, I get so many downloads on my podcast. If you need any promotion, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll help you out. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be the guy that does it. That's it. That's all you say. You don't, you don't say, in the future, I'll do this, because everybody knows that you're going to ask for them for something any, 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 anyway. Yeah. And, and then you say also, no strings attached, absolutely zero. I just want to see your work do well. And that's an offer that you don't get very often, even if you're frickin' Brian Clark or Seth Godin or whatever. And so you're going to be like, yeah, that's cool. I'll, 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 uh, why don't you do this, this, and this? And then, then you've connected yourself with that author, and then you make good on your deliverables, and then you repeat the process over and over again until you have a cadre of 75 people that owe you favors and they don't and and when you have 75 people that owe you favors you'll get favors back from 30 people in exchange that's right what, yeah yeah and it and it, it's a better use of your time energy and effort you know i dedicate about 10 hours a week to doing this stuff because it's my profession and i have to um but if you're an artist and you're not doing basic networking my goodness you're you're missing out on so much that's fascinating. I'm wonder. I'm gonna. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, how that would apply to like not um, to filmmakers like when they have a film product, how they can essentially sort of joint venture or build up that network with those others, you know, successful filmmakers in the in the space. But it's it's an interesting uh, dilemma because a lot of the films that we follow are muddied by the distribution deals so it's there's never it's right. never quite like one filmmaker has this massive audience you know it's they were a part of this massive machine so anyway it's really fascinating i'm right. gonna let you go i know that uh you got something else coming up and i can't thank you enough just to sure sh you know shoot the shit i with hope me. i didn't yeah i hope i didn't uh, ruin your audience or scare them away but if you're not <laughs> if you're not if you're an artist and you're not selling you're a failure you're not yet an artist so uh rise yourself to the level of being an artist yeah there you go i love it chris right. i'll follow up with you later i know we're Cheers. in the same town and uh good luck today on the rest of the rest of your appointments uh, thanks Talk all right to you soon thanks bye, -bye. bye, -bye. So that concluded my interview with Chris Johnson of SimpliFilm.com. And I hope uh, people weren't rubbed the wrong way in terms of when he was expressing, you know, if you're an artist that's not reaching an audience or selling something, you're a failure uh, per se. But I think you kind of got the gist of what he's talking about in terms of the bigger picture. Reaching a, an audience, you know, to share your work um, and also to value it, to put some value to it so that you can uh, make a living, having a family, having a relationship. Those things are really important. And to be able to, you know, support them and supply your, you know, your children or your future children with clothes and that kind of stuff is important, <laughs> you know, but also feeding the soul of a creative person is important and just trying to find the balance, you know, striking that balance. But one of the major takeaways from the interview for me was that you need to remove yourself um, from ego in order to serve your client. And, you know, he's in the world of serving clients. Well, the client could be your customer. You could be your audience. So, you know, it's just those words are interchangeable. If somebody's exchanging money for your goods and your goods would be your art. 
Um, and the best way to do that is to serve your audience. Um, anyway, I like the term serve your audience. There's something about that phrase that just sums it up for me personally that says put your ego aside, put your self-absorption aside and become a servant to an audience and try to give them as much value as possible as long as it's in alignment with what you believe in. And that's what you as a film trooper listener is is our, I don't know, what's my grammar? Not bad, not good. <laughs> anyway, I hope you got some really good value out of this interview. For me personally, I enjoy people that are just very uh, straightforward, you know, cut through the crap and saying, this is the reality and this is what you need to do. You know, no hard feelings, but this is what you need to do. Uh, that's just me personally. I hope that some of you uh, respond the same way. Um, and another thing he brought up was the minimal viable sell or the sell, the sellability, um, being able to sell um, just having some just basic understanding of that uh, was really important to me to hear. And with that said, as you know, those of you who have been following the podcast know that I always give away this free gift at the end of every podcast or sometimes before. Um, if you go to freegearguide.com, again, that is freegearguide.com, you can get an equipment list of all the equipment that I use to make a feature film with no crew. And this could be important for any of you who are st stuck or struggling just trying to get your film project you know, off the ground. If you get a different perspective of what can be made for so little and at least get an opportunity to see what equipment was used to make you know, a feature film, um, please check it out at freegearguide.com and that's my free gift to you. Thanks again for listening, and if you enjoy the show, please leave an honest rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is go to filmtrooper.com forward slash iTunes, and you can leave me a ratings review, and it would help this podcast and reach other people that might need the help. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye.